Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LFG cast, your one-stop shop for everything lifting, feasting, and gaming related, and join with me once again is everyone's favorite mad lad titan, Zephanblade. Oh, hey, what's going on? Oh, hi there. Um, and we've got... Oh, I keep hitting things. And I gotta fix my light. My light's too bright. That is way too bright. My forehead is way too shiny. <laughs> that is, there's no bueno. Uh, and we've got a little bit to talk about. Today's episode won't be as extensive as last week's. Maybe a little bit, but this is relatively a topic that, I mean, I have, I have very little, not very little, but I don't have as much familiarity with it. Uh, as it's one of those week's. things. It's one of those things where it's some of it is easy to grasp and understand and other bits of it are a little more vague and esoteric yeah uh, even more so than other topics of fitness related things but yeah and if you're asking yourself what could that be what what could we possibly be talking about well ladies and gentlemen we're talking about yoga mm -hmm. everyone's mm -hmm. uh favorites or least favorite form of active recovery and stretching? I don't know. It depends who you ask. Um, I was introduced to yoga my freshman year of college and absolutely despised it because I was being forced to do it. And I'm one of the types of people, and you know this from playing Destiny with me, if I'm being forced to do something that I'm not inherently excited about to begin with, it is it is a chore yeah it's a i mean big big chore um and that to to be forced to do that for my movement of the actor class uh i hated it i would purposefully leave my phone on loud <laughs> uh because at the time i had like a like a little slide phone and my text ringtone was um bully from shinedown but it was the intro so it's like it's just him screaming. It's like yeah, da na 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 na. Yeah. Uh, got got reprimanded a couple times because I wouldn't turn it off before coming into class. And then uh. And then I was kind of encouraged to do it during my junior year of football, and that's kind of where I started to dabble in it. What about what about you? Uh, as far as yoga, um. So kind of, I started with it early, like I want to say early high school. And it was one of those things where it's when I was really starting to progress in lifting beyond just like being a kid, you know, and like, oh, you do this because it's good for you and you're healthy, but actually like starting to seriously try to pursue things. Mm hmm. Uh, I tried to go like the Kobe route, right? Of just like, if I got to learn how to Texas two-step to make my lifting better, I'm a Texas two-step. If I got to learn how to dance, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to do yoga, I'm going to do it. Like anything I needed to do to get better in my training, I was going to take a look at it. Right. Um, and so I took a look at yoga. And because I didn't have a formal teacher for it, and because I didn't see the initial challenge of it, I kind of like put it on a shelf. You know, I tried it for a little bit and I was like, okay, you know, kind of fun. And then shelved it because it wasn't lifting and I was kind of closed minded about it. 
And then I came back to it a couple of years later, um, where I had already established myself as like, you know, pretty, pretty decently strong and uh, decently knowledgeable and came into a power yoga session. Okay. And I was like, how powerful can this be? It's yoga. <laughs> you know, like just that was my thought process. How can, how powerful can this be? It's yoga. And, and that, I did it. It was, was, it was at that moment that he realized he, he messed up. up. <laughs> yeah. No, that was. I was sweating by the oh, end. Oh boy, was it was it hot power? Because so I don't know. I know a few different types of yoga, but I've never heard of power. Is it like hot yoga? Um. Okay. So this is gonna get into a topic of discussion that I wanted to delve into. Oh, and perfect. the types of yoga. Okay, but... so then, so then, hold on. If we're gonna do that, I just wanted to bring up in my notes before we like got serious about the topic, because uh -huh. Xbox had their prices leaked, <laughs> and we're literally like, well, might as well. And uh, also, Halo had has been de delisted from the launch title for the Series X. So I wanted to get yep. your thoughts on that real quick. What are your thoughts on the on the pricing for the X and the S? Uh, my thoughts are that, uh, it's hilarious that Destiny 2 is the launch title for Xbox. Uh. The memes, the memes are spot. <laughs> the memes are spicy. Um. Yeah. But, uh, aside from that, I think that for people who mainly play on PC and wanted to, like, dip their toes into an exclusive, perhaps, uh, I think that the S is a great deal. Because that's the all digital version, but like with the Game Pass and the fact that EA Play is coming to it, mm -hmm. the fact that the S is like all of three hundred dollars—that's an incredible value for the catalog that they're actually bringing to that. Memes about launch titles aside, like that is mm -hmm. great value there on the S. The X, I'm like, okay, you know, I get it. It's, it's bigger, it's faster, it's stronger. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got them swinging their their big stick. Yeah, I mean, it, the X is sexy, right? But for like the $200 step down, it's not that insurmountable a gap, right? In terms of tech, because like you're still going to be playing at 60 FPS. If you care about the 4K, sure, get the X. But if right. you just care about playing at 60 FPS on a console and having a huge library, there's no reason to shell out for the X unless you just want to flex on someone. Right. Um, so my, my next question, and mm -hmm. chat, you guys can let us know what you think about the... Uh, the Xboxes. Um, my next question is, what do you think Sony's price range is going to be? Do you think... Because I've seen, you know, the arguments in the fanboy wars have continued to go on for decades. Like, the Fire Nation and the Water Nation constantly fighting. Mm -hmm. um, so there are people that are like, well, the X is more powerful than the than the PlayStation 5 and this, yeah. that, and the third. Um, what do you see the PS5 price point being do you think sony is going to match the 499 do you think they're going to go lower and then do you think the digital version of the ps5 will be priced similarly to the series s where it's like a hundred dollars cheaper or 200 you know uh yeah i see them i see them doing something comparable to that because it would be silly for them to see microsoft have a version with disc and digital and then just digital being cheaper it would be silly for them to be like nope our digital only is the same price as our uh non-digital that's silly but mm -hmm. uh i foresee that being cheaper and they can really do whatever they want because if they even undercut it by like 50 bucks 
you know off, oh yeah off the backs of their exclusives alone because they have some powerhouse exclusives coming down the road sony sony has always in in my opinion and this isn't me being a playstation fanboy it's it's the reason why i got a playstation 4 myself after like getting the ps3 as a gift is sony and this is this is the argument i've used to defend the console is sony has always had the beefier library of first party ips mm -hmm. um and put aside the fact that horizon's coming to pc yep horizon 2 as far as i know is a ps5 only title right so Correct. horizon 2 you've got um what else is coming to the PS5 exclusively? I can't even think. Ratchet and Clank, Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man, dude. Yeah. yeah. So you have... Uh, they're also getting... Marvel's Avengers is going to be... Mm -hmm. There's a Spider-Man exclusive to PlayStation. I think it's a timed launch. Yep. But Sony arguably has the more robust first-party titles that are arguably better designed. Again, I haven't played any Xbox titles, so anybody who owns an Xbox and plays their first-party titles mm -hmm. can... can chime in but as far as i know um halo hasn't been doing so hot uh and the fact that halo infinite is essentially going to be destiny light yeah and the grunts look like j just low polygon cabal mm. Mm, i don't i don't know i mean i don't are they doing another gears like for the longest time in my head that was all xbox had to offer was uh, that I couldn't get on PlayStation. It had Gears, and it had Halo, and Fable. But Fable is done. Well, I mean, that's the one title that I think is, like, that is the powerhouse uh, that most of people are given the looky eyes over at Xbox for right now. It is honestly more than Halo Infinite, just because of, like, that whole debacle. I think right. it is because of fable that people are like oh i gotta get me an xbox like, yeah because people want a new fable and as far as i know we're getting a remake of three i think i think that was I think so. rumored um how are you gonna say grunts look like low poly cabal when halo had grunts before destiny was even a concept uh it's they're that bad it's because the the images that had come out from the capture the way the 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 grunts were um what's the word i'm looking for bad um, no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> it's it's um rendered the way the grunts yeah. were rendered their faces literally look like if you took a cabal's face from destiny and just low resed it mm -hmm. you'd rather them delay halo and take their time on it i mean i agree with that yeah that's all fine and dandy my my thing is gonna be what happens when Halo Infinite comes out and it's completely different because it's a, now it's a live service game and mm -hmm. you know everyone look what happened with Fallout and are you even you know Destiny it's to a degree I don't know how I don't know how long time Halo fans are going to take to the game as a service model uh I mean already just from seeing them being like oh my god Master Chief can sprint break his knees like they're probably not gonna take it well <laughs> Yeah, right? That was an argument I used to get into because yeah. as, a, as a first person shooter player who never played Halo, I understood when Halo came out why aiming down sights wasn't a thing because it wasn't prevalent because it, it Halo was like the 3D version of Doom, right? Halo mm -hmm. came off the backs of Doom and Wolfenstein and all of those Quake, all of those big PC shooters. 
but this was around the time I think Halo 4 was about to come out or Halo, like Halo Wars 2 was already a thing I think and I, I and this guy's argument was literally but Xbox has Halo and I looked at him and I said man Halo has and I counted the games on both my hands and I was like and you still do not have the option to aim down sights of your gun except the, the battle rifle which is I why was, everyone loved the battle rifle. I was like, I was like, come on, man. I was like, this day and age, you gotta at least give players the option. Cause it's not it's not corridor shooting anymore. Doom, it made sense, right? Doom was corridor shooting. Yeah. Wolfenstein was corridor shooting. Quake was corridor shooting. That's why modern Doom, you don't need aim uh ADS, because modern Doom is still corridor shooting. It's just prettier. Uh, um, there's also the fact that if you ADS for even a second in Doom, if you had the option, you would just die. Like, you need the option, like yeah, you're saying, because it's, it's a corridor it's, shoot. It's, you need to be able to see yeah, everything. It's fast-paced. It's not... Not being able to ADS, does, I don't think... And I played a little bit of Halo 1, and I played a little bit of Halo 2 in the Master Chief Collection. And while Halo 1, I wasn't used to it, so I got lost in the first level trying to find the soldiers... And Halo 2, you know, the, the opening mission on the ship, like, that was cool. Because um, mm -hmm. that was very corridor. Like, you were going from small room to small room to small room. But when you get into those big open, like, levels, like I've yeah. seen from Halo 5 and what uh, assumably is going to be Halo Infinite, it's like, you got to give me the... I, like, I cannot hip fire from 50 meters away at a target that's the size of a soccer ball. Like, you can't... Mm -hmm. Give me the option. Um, but going off of that tangent, I think Sony, because of Sony's track record has always been to undercut Microsoft when it comes to prices. Sure. Like, look at the Xbox One. The Xbox One launched at $500. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, what the hell are you doing, Microsoft? And Sony literally came out swinging their big old stick. Hey, going, hey, uh... Y'all want to not pay $500 for a next-gen console? Here's the PS4. Yeah, it was here's, literally the move. Here's the That's PS4. All they had to say. That's it. That was like game over. And I think with the quality of components each of these things have, if Sony comes out and... I mean, if they come out and they say the PS5 is $400, that's it. It's another console generation where only diehard Xbox fanboys... We'll buy an Xbox and always been undercut. Are we just going to forget about the PS3 launch and $600? No, but then they course corrected. And I think, what is it? PS, I know PS2 is still, I think, the, the most sold console of all time. I don't know where the PS3 falls. I think PS3 was one of the weaker ones. The PS4 yeah. is still outsold the Xbox to this day. Yep. But, like, I think if you... If, if Sony comes out and, and is like, hey, the disc version of the PS5 is $400. That's another console gen Like, that's it. Like, Microsoft, you better start begging for crossplay. Because, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, besides hardcore fans, I think Sony takes another, con like, another generation and has the highest selling console. Especially if their claims of being the most customizable console out there are true, right? So you already have got the new controller they're designing with like the haptic 
senses, so you feel what you're doing, which I think is really neat. They've got their own 3D audio that they've been working on, which is really cool because they're, I think they're the first console that's not going to use Dolby because right now everything uses Dolby, including the Series X. And then on top of that, you know, like they're opening up with Spider-Man. They're opening up with arguably yeah. the most anticipated sequel, even more so than The Last of Us 2, in my opinion. I think... Especially, uh, especially. That's a bold claim. Oh my gosh. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I'm just saying that's a very bold claim. No, I, I think people have, were have been anxious for Spider-Man and the fact that it's been mm -hmm. such a short, wait time between games. Yeah. Because Sony's come out and said the jump from PS4 to PS5, is such a smaller jump than the PS, you know, the PS2 to the PS3 or the PS3 to the PS4. The, okay, the, valid. The technology, while it's become so much more impressive, the jump between the two generations has not been as big. So the companies have had more time with everything. So that's happening. And especially with the with the saddening loss of Chadwick Boseman, mm -hmm. like Marvel is going to be on every Marvel's on everybody's mind right now. Uh, Johnny Depp's just been rumored to be offered multiple roles for Marvel. So you've got that going around the internet. Chadwick Boseman's passing. And Sony's literally going to go, hey, here's the PS5. Even if it's 450. Here's the PS5. You can get the special Spider-Man Miles Morales edition with the game. That's it. GG. Microsoft is losing money on every console. They're selling at a loss on both their consoles. Microsoft isn't focusing on the console itself. It's why Game Pass is a ridiculously good deal. And all games are going to be available on PC as well. Well, yeah. I think Microsoft has been slowly stepping away. Microsoft has been more focused on giving you a home entertainment system. Yeah, exactly. Than a, than a game console. Yeah. I mean, Microsoft's whole approach is that they don't want to even be a part of the console war they're trying to win the service war of like yeah and you I, don't need to be restricted to this box you can literally play our games right or rather and, yeah you can just do whatever you know and i think um with the slow emergence of crossplay, like with mm -hmm. call of duty and destiny one this generation is a silly concept i mean I guess it's just it's just the vernacular of, of the of the industry. Right? Like I'm not sitting here saying Sony's like the greatest company. No, because Sony does some dumb dumb stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh like the fact the PS4 was not backwards compatible with the PS3, which is another thing. There are a lot of talks that the PS5 will be able to backwards compatible be backwards compatible all the way back to the PS1. Mm-hmm. Which is is huge. It's wild. What's it matter who sold more? Uh, I think it matters because it could it could come down to the point where if if Xbox sales aren't selling, and let's let's be honest, the, if the if Microsoft tries to go up against Steam, they lose that battle because Steam will just be like, hey, here's thirty games for two dollars. Right? Steam is the inverse of GameStop. They give you more for your money. Um, right. I know Xbox can do that now, but what I'm saying is 
when you think about the catalog that Sony has, the moment Sony goes, hey, by the way, we're going all the way back to PS1 and you can literally play any of your favorite games on the PS5, that's, that is the biggest thing. Because yeah, you could be like, oh, hey, you can you know play backwards compatibility with some games on the Xbox One. I don't know how extensive that's going with the Xbox One X. Is it going all the way back to 360? I think it is. Um, but the, the 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 fact is that like if it gets to the point where Xbox sales are so down because the Xbox can no longer compete in the market, then then like what's what's Microsoft? All the way back to the original Xbox? That's good. That's something Sony should have been doing too. Like, if the PS5 does not have any backwards compatibility, that's going to be garbo. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But to finish my point and get on the topic of tonight's episode, the, the, <laughs> moment, the moment the Xbox cannot compete in a console market, I think Microsoft goes into big trouble. And I think you see maybe a pair up between Microsoft and Steam at some point. Because the moment they're like... Well, we don't like consoles aren't pushing. Well, everything's all digital, which is fine, right? Like, you know, they have to go into that digital market. Mm -hmm. If they try to go to PC, they now have to go toe to toe with Steam, which Steam is a juggernaut. Like, yeah, you do not find better deals than on Steam. And I, and as much as I love Sony, if I didn't play a PlayStation, if I didn't like Sony, I would play everything on PC. There's yep. no point at this point when when the xbox and the pc do the same thing but steam will literally give me 30 games for two dollars every summer or just give me the dumbest bundles for no reason yeah that's it that's why they're so heavy into game pass so then so then it's already starting to happen and now the game pass has to go with has to go up against Steam. Because the, the thing with Game Pass is it's like PlayStation Plus, right? Like, once you stop paying, you no longer have access to the games. Because if, if that's the case, again, that's that's one more in favor for Steam. Because you just own the game. Like, you buy it. Because you don't pay for and anything. And it's yours forever. Yeah, see? So, while Game Pass has got really good deals, especially because you can get beyond what is Forsaken in Game Pass, right? Yeah. 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 So it, it depends how well that service does. Because look at it this way. If people don't have a PC able to run the games through game service, they have to buy an Xbox. And if they don't want to buy an Xbox, they're apples and oranges. When they're vying for the same market, they have to be they have to be compared to an extent. But that's enough about that. We'll do a full episode of this uh, probably next week. Okay. So what's, so the discussion we were having is power yoga and the different types of yoga. So, you uh, wanna... so there are a bunch of different types of yoga. Uh, because... Yeah, that was a long tangent. Okay. Yeah, so there are a bunch of... So sorry. Okay, a bunch of different types of yoga, uh, and it really depends who you're asking, because people will be like, oh, well, what are the five types of yoga? Well, what are the eight types of yoga? Well, what are the 13 types of yoga? You know, like, mm -hmm. 
Um, really depends who you're asking and for what purpose. Um, but in the terms of power yoga, that's something where it's much quicker paced uh, and okay. constantly moving. It's yeah. It's, it's like it's like the CrossFit of yoga. No, it's a lot of traditional poses. You're just going through them quickly. You know, you're hitting the pose, and then you're immediately flowing into the next one. Oh, um, okay. But it's kind of like that's very much in like a studio setting, right? Where there's an instructor saying we're gonna hit this pose. Okay, hold it, hold it. Now we're gonna flow into this pose. Hold it. Now we're going to flow into this pose, and you keep doing that kind of circuit. Um, and it's tough. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there are more... There's yoga for people who are really trying to, like, relax and be very mindful of their movements and very chill and just, quote, simply vibe. Uh, kind of in the vein of people who do Tai Chi. Right, right. Uh, and then yeah, there's hot yoga. Exactly. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, you could do hot so, yoga at home. Just do it in the winter when the heat's on and shut your door. Well, hot yoga. There are actually very specific settings. It's uh, what is it? It's a hundred degrees Fahrenheit and forty percent humidity. Woo! And now you're doing hot yoga. That is that is spicy. I I couldn't even think of a word for that. That is. You, you, yeah. You're swimming at that point. It's got a little heat on it. The um, oh. whole point is that you're sweating buckets. And you do. Uh, I've had the opportunity to do hot yoga before. And if you don't hydrate beforehand, you are a fool. You are Boo Boo the Fool. <laughs> boo Boo. Um, uh, so. So not all yoga is equal, basically. Right. And, I, and I assume different, different yoga styles have different benefits yeah i mean more or less at the end of the day it's all kind of the same benefit of working on strength flexibility posture mm -hmm. um just a different mode of fitness because i think that there's a lot of stigma that stems from misunderstanding around yoga of just like oh well you know it's just like slow stretching so how active can it be and you know something i've heard in locker rooms before it's just like oh you know yoga's just for girls like it's not real exercise and like nah, that's man. a whole different thing to unpack do do 20 um, minutes of do a 20 minute yoga flow and uh do it right yeah and and that's tell the me. thing a lot of people do yoga or do something that approximates yoga and they're like oh yeah this is easy but they don't do an actual flow of hitting the poses correctly and solidly. Right. And then they don't do it for a long period of time because you can do a 20 minute yoga flow and that's like a great workout, right? Of even just active recovery. But if you do yoga for an hour, you're done. That's it. That You have exercised for the day. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people tend to underestimate it where it's like, you know, um, where we look at stuff like calisthenics or we look at rock climbing and we look at bouldering and we see the active resistance against an apparatus or a tool 
Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, that's bodyweight work. Of course, that's a workout. But they don't take into account that same applying that same principle to yoga of, yes, you are just working with your body, but you have to move your body deliberately through space and then hold it in positions it's not used to. Exactly like some sort of calisthenic workout or bouldering, rock climbing, etc. And there's just some disconnect in people's brains that don't allow them to get to that point or just they don't want to see it. But yoga can be, it can either be very relaxing or it can be very intense. Right. And, uh, oh, I got something spicy for after this podcast. So now when it comes to yoga, right, we, we've touched Mm -hmm. on it before. Yoga, you know, yoga is very active as opposed to static stretching where static stretching is very, it's, it's, it's a little more passive. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say that yoga is something, if, if someone was going to incorporate yoga into their routine, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say it's better to incorporate it as its own, like on its own separate day or to incorporate it on the same day you train in whatever your training is, sports, Ooh. lifting, <laughs> getting, getting uh... hard ones? Well, it really depends on your modality and intensity of training uh, is just the shorthand of it depends, which is what most fitness boils down to. But to delve into the question to kind of really bite into it, uh, I would say that it's perfect for your off days, your active recovery days. But Mm -hmm. in terms of applying it to training, uh, that's something I would do in post you know, because it's yeah. close to that kind of stretching we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have made the mistake of doing a yoga routine before a heavy lift Ooh. just because I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's yoga. Just yoga. Yeah. Like it's yoga. How bad could this be? And I was I was shaky on stuff that normally I fly through. Uh, because, again, you're still stretching and tearing and taxing those muscle fibers you're still having to move through space and apply forces and stability oh, and all oh my god yeah there was um there was a time when i first started doing yoga mm-hmm. even if i wasn't doing all the poses 100 percent, like i was mm-hmm. trying to get into the ballpark the yeah. next the next day i was sore yep like i was yep. actually i was sore as if i just went to the gym and had worked out my back like I could feel it in my lats and I could feel it a little bit in my arms. And I was like, what it ha- what happened? Yep. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Ex- excuse me, body. What did you do? Um, so now we've talked about how stretching is important. Yeah. Yoga, theoretically, not theoretically, yoga is important depending, you know, how you use it because it, it's I think yoga's got this very nice twofold application. You have the you know the stretching, right? The active recovery where you can stretch, work out maybe some lactic acid that's being built up. But you also have the mental side of it, which is very important if you're trying to connect your mind to your muscles. 
Yep. Right. When you do when you do a yoga flow, even if you take you take your cell phone, right? You go to an app store, you type in, like I use an app called Simply Yoga. It's a 20 minute flow, full body. It does a whole array of standing poses that start and end with uh, sun salutations. And then it goes into a seated pose. And by the end of it, I'm on my back and I'm in a corpse pose. And you have to really focus on how your body moves through it. Like one, I have a one pose I have a lot of trouble with is I think it's it's not boat pose. I forget what the, the name of the pose is, but you're essentially sitting cross-legged. You bring one hand to the floor, you raise your arm over your head, and you lean to that side. But you can't, the whole point is to not lean forward and you've got to try and keep everything yep. on like one plane. Yep. And that's a pose I struggle with a lot because I, I still haven't, and I don't know if, if it's because my posture still needs fixing. I still haven't been able to find, to like really listen to my body to figure out if I'm leaning forward or if I'm leaning back or if I'm like sitting right where I'm supposed to. So yeah. I Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, no, 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 it's fine. Um, because when kind of a breakthrough that I made once I started dabbling with yoga a little bit more, once I found it was actually challenging, is mm -hmm. uh, my ability to brace for when I was doing my big lifts for any kind of major strength work or powerlifting, my ability to brace increased because right. I was much, much more conscious of how my core and low back and upper back and everything, just really how my trunk was moving in tandem and how everything was moving as a system. And these were things I was aware of just from my athletic background, but yoga made me really focus on how and where I was putting my center of gravity, how I was breathing, all this kind of stuff. So that's, I mean, to me, that sounds like getting used to the position but that sounds like a that sounds like something in your core to me for that specific pose. So I guess my next question would be and we brought this up we brought this up yes uh, last week when we talked mm -hmm. about stretching. Mm -hmm. For someone who is just starting out and again say they they've never really trained in any capacity Maybe they're a bit overweight. How, not how important, but would you recommend yoga as a good starting place? Uh, I would, but I would really seek out some form of instruction, right? You don't have to like go to a studio and look up a yoga instructor, but right. you really should uh, get like a free app, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, or look up some stuff on YouTube and really actually dedicate yourself to not just going through the flow and being like, all right, cool, that's 20 minutes out of my day, but really actually nailing the poses because there is a difference between just being in the pose and holding the pose yeah. when you're doing yoga. There's a huge difference there. There was the last um, time... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 it's fine. Go. No, 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 I didn't mean to interrupt. Finish your, finish your thought. I was just going to say that it's once you're it's one of those things where like when you're lifting when you're running when you're doing whatever you're just like 
going through the motions, but then when you finally start doing it, it makes all the difference. But it's more so for yoga because you're moving your body in new and interesting ways. So mm -hmm. it's really important to have and emphasize that precision because otherwise you're going to crawl out of bed and be like, oh my God, it was just yoga and now I can't move. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I One of the things I realized because the app I use has a, a video that you can essentially follow along. You can pause it. You can go back to the beginning of the pose. So like if you need to watch to see how it's done, then you can go back and do the pose, you know, go through the pose and the motion mm -hmm. is I was doing, um, at least according to the video, I was doing downward dog wrong. I was essentially in like a pike position. Yeah. But I was not far enough back on my heel. Like my heels were up. Mm hmm. And the yep. moment I was like, no, my heels need to be down. I put my heels down and kind of walked back a little bit Yep. to try and match the pose. Completely different sensation. My yep. my hamstrings, my calves, they were like, hey, we're activated now. Mm -hmm. uh, and we feel that tension and that, yep. that pull. So, uh, so funny anecdote. I was, when I was first getting back into yoga, and it's not something I've pursued super seriously in a while, but when I first getting back into it, a little while ago um my hamstrings are notoriously tight it takes two people to stretch one of my legs oh my god um and you know i stretch i do my mobility work i do my flexibility work but my legs are like surprisingly strong for my size it takes two people to stretch one of my legs and so i just did downward dog or what i thought was downward dog i'm like oh yeah you know i could live here all day you know like my legs are strong my shoulders are strong my whole my body's good i'm in it and the instructor was like no 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 put your heels down and i was like oh okay you know fine whatever and i tried to like put my heels down and do it correctly and downward dog just like initially destroyed me for a second yeah dude it's yeah it's no joke like I had, uh -huh. I had that stigma. Like I said, my freshman year, I was like, "Oh, I'm doing you know yoga." We did like simple yeah. poses, like child's pose, which apparently exactly. I was really good at because we were learning how to breathe. That was the whole point of the class. And then when I did it for college, and I actually like tried, I like laid on the floor and I was like, "Dude, I feel so different." Yeah. You feel like you essentially were just uh, like a ball of paper that was just crumpled up and then spread out flat by the time I was done mm -hmm. and when I stood up I just it felt like my body was like no this is how you're actually supposed to feel when you stand and I was like yo this is great yeah and then now my biggest problem with it is consistency that's that's my biggest problem I, like, I don't hate doing it like when I do it I'm like alright I'm doing yoga today and I'll do it I'll do my 20 minutes I wish I had a bigger place to do it because my ceilings are real low and i'm six foot five so yeah. you know i can't really fully extend my arms but when i when i do it and when i'm done with it i get up a little sweaty and i you know take some deep breaths and i'm like okay i feel pretty good and i shower and mentally i just feel clear like i have that that same mental clarity that i would have if i went to a gym put headphones in just put my head down and went and you know really focused on connecting my body as yeah. i lifted 
so that's i mean that's that's my experience it's it's definitely something that i i would recommend to people obviously oh, sure. like like you said i would recommend finding out you know whether it's an app or videos on youtube like watching it because you could just be like oh like this is how this poses this is how they're describing it and then you watch the video and you're like no i'm not that's not what i look like yeah i think uh another thing that could be really help helpful if you're starting out is and the same thing with this is this applies to lifting too is especially if you're doing it in private uh just film yourself if you want to get like that comparison because if you really like want to get your form down because you want to get the most out of it you watch the video back of how you're doing the pose and then you watch the you know whatever thing you have whether it's youtube or an app and you're like okay this is what i look like this is what it should be yeah do that and realize you just might not be able to do it yet it's not because that's another thing i realized is i was like Oh, this is how it should be, but I cannot walk back that far yet because I do not have that flexibility in my hips. Mm -hmm. Like I can put my feet down and stand, you know, and be in downward dog with my heels touching the ground, but I cannot be completely walked back because my hips do not hinge that way yet. Mm -hmm. Because my hips are very stiff and rigid from football. Well, I mean, I'm going to vouch for the record yourself thing because shameless self-promotion, like that was the reason that I even got on Instagram in the first place is to like use that as a training log mm -hmm. and to I'd also kind of pass along some of the knowledge that I'd gotten. It's also just a great resource to see what other people are doing. Uh -huh. But um, and that's what a lot of people that I know do they use it as a training log where you can get live feedback and that's not something that you should necessarily do at the beginning of just like this is my first time ever doing yoga let me put it on the internet no oh, like yeah. it, you should just record and watch and see what you're doing but then once you start to feel comfortable with the practice mm -hmm. that's when you can start being like okay well i just started yoga such and such time ago uh if anyone knows any resources, if anybody wants to critique my forum, so on and so forth, or even if you just want to slap it up there and be like, this is me doing yoga, suck it. <laughs> you know, like, whatever. But it's I mean, good to have those videos of yourself so that you can see your own progress. That's And that's for training in general, right? So that you can see how the speed, the precision, the power, just the focus of your training so you can see how that is all improving over time. Hello? Okay, something happened. With oh, my there mic. you are. My mic disconnected. Um, okay. What I was going to say is that's one thing I learned when... So when I was super heavy, right? And I mean, like when I was 320, maybe 15 pounds at this point, I spent mm -hmm. a summer Olympic learning how to Olympic lift with my friend on his deck. Uh, his dad had been an Olympic lifter, you know, not professionally, but they, him and his dad went to competitions locally. They, they, they knew what they were doing. 
Yeah. And he taught me how to do cleans and he taught me how to do deadlifts. Um, but he was, he was smart. He was like, I'm not going to teach you how to do jerks yet because I want you to get the clean form down. Yeah. He's like, I don't want you hurting yourself. So we would, we would clean, we would squat, we would bench. Um, this was the summer I hit 315 on squats for the first time in my life. And when I started losing weight, uh, we went back and watched old videos. I would take videos and post them because I wanted to, right? So I would take videos of me cleaning, um, I think it was like 70 kilos. I don't remember off the top of my head. And my friend looked at me and he goes, he goes, I can tell from that video, your body weight is slowing you down. Yeah. Because I had the form. Like, I was really good at, at pulling it, you know, cleaning it, catching it, and standing up. I got to the point where I could get my elbows so high, I could take my hands off the bar, and it would sit perfectly on my... on the shelf of my collarbone and my and my shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. it's... It's so... It's so weird how stuff like that affects things. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> It's all connected, man. Oh, it's all connected. But I think I think that's about unless you have any other points, I think I'm good with tonight's episode. Uh, uh the, I'm the other I'm, thing I'd Go ahead. The other thing I'd say about yoga and again training in general is make sure you check multiple sources. Uh yes. you don't want to go down a rabbit hole of like the one website with the kind of sketch address and the like geocities layout like make sure i'm not saying there can't be good info on there but make sure for any aspect of training for your nutrition uh in this case for yoga make sure that you are checking multiple sources so that you can kind of use that critical thinking and ascertain for yourself not only what the best style of yoga might be for yourself and the best style of training might be for yourself but also how to do it safely because if you're just learning how to do the form one way and not learning why those quirks and why those details in the form are important then the information is kind of useless to you you know it's the difference between knowing two plus two equals four, right? You can answer that question. You can answer that day. You can answer that question any day of the week, twice on Sunday, right? But it doesn't really give you any benefit unless you can then tell someone else why two plus two equals four, why that matters. So make sure that you're learning the finer details of what you're trying to pursue and get those multiple sources so you really understand the material and ingrain it. Yeah, it's it's always good to be to be well informed. Uh, that's for everything. <laughs> yeah, that's like especially especially something you're passionate about because you don't want to yeah. be caught, you know, pissing in the wind, so to speak. Yep. Um. So that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Uh, I know we went on a tangent, but we are still part partly a gaming podcast, so that tangent's kind of mm -hmm. warranted. Uh, we will be back next week with another topic regarding rest and recovery. I think we're getting close to the end of the series. Um, but, yeah, Zef, you want to let everybody know where they can find you? 
Uh, yeah, you can find me over at Zephanblade on Twitch. And also, I am on Instagram. I will send that link over to Phantom so that he can include that. But you can find me on Twitch streaming Destiny 2 most of the time and other things. Feel free to pop in to chat, ask questions. They don't even have to be Destiny related. I just like seeing people in chat because otherwise it's going to be like the one bot who I make jokes to and then go cry. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I will make sure to, to link his socials uh, in the podcast description. If you want to tune in, we record this podcast live every week over on twitch.tv. The link for that will be in the description as well as all of my socials. So thank you for joining me again, Zeph. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, of course. And thank you for listening. Make sure you tell your friends. Make sure you share it with somebody. And until next time, don't forget to lift, feast, and game. We'll see you then.